Hi, my name is Joe Jackson. I'm an interviewer, journalist and broadcaster. And for the first decade of this century, I did for the Irish radio station RT Radio 1 a music series titled Under the Influence. Sadly, that title was subsequently used for a similar MTV show. So now, after revisiting the master tapes of those old interviews, I've decided to turn the best into a podcast series called The Music That Made Me. I may even add the subtitle, Made Me Want to Make Music. Either way, what follows is one of those shows, minus music, which for copyright reasons I can't include. Some of the full shows and many of my other radio programs are available on Mixcloud.com. And if you want to read any articles that arose out of these interviews, you can check out JoeJacksonInterviewer.com. Enjoy the show. Well, where do the specials fit in and all this? Let's well, cheer up people now before they run off <laughs> into their dark secrets uh, and souls. It, it was <laughs> the specials. Well, basically, at the same time as I heard Dylan the first time, like I say, I had got sort of hooked on music and it was Madness and the specials. Madness were maybe even a bigger band for me, I think, at the time. I was obsessed with them. But I remember, I just remember the first Specials album, which sadly I haven't got on CD, okay. but um, the first Madness album, One Step Beyond, and I was, I was totally obsessed with those records, and when I hear snatches of it now, I still get, <laughs> get just as excited. You kept the haircut. I start, I start, I've kept the haircut. <laughs> I, keep, I just start bopping around. Because uh, we were doing this, I went out and bought uh, a, right. a couple of CDs at the weekend. Because I thought, Christ, I want to listen to this okay. stuff before I start going on about it. And I just, I was playing it this morning. I got so excited. My wife, my wife told me to turn it off. That's why she's left the house for the afternoon. It's eight o'clock in the morning, Dave. Will you give it a break? <laughs> and what were you playing? The drummer, some man. Embarrassed by madness, and then the specials. I was, I played a few by then. Um, but again, he's got a great turn of phrase in a completely different vein. Mister sort of dry, dry delivery, Terry Hall. Oh yeah, yeah. But, um, I, I do like this particular one. Oh, Christ, I wish they'd number these sodden CDs. One, two, three, four, five. Five, one, two. Number 12. I've got you now. This is Friday night, Saturday morning. Okay. But they just sound You want me to dance around? I'll probably do it. You just for it. You want to go do it all again, don't you? Oh, what brilliant times. <laughs> Snogging girls, smoking fags, <laughs> getting sick on cider. Has life ever been lived? And that was just Friday. And then it was last week. For oh, wow. <laughs> I've got to play this one now. So okay. They go together. Right. They go together. <laughs> yeah, come on, boys. Ah, oh, man. Yes. Yeah, that's all I can say. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's my. I know that's not the special, but I've got to lump them together because they did go together. Okay. But they were great crafted pop songs. It was uh, not the counter melody in the I first one. There's a lot of stuff going on. And they were right. fantastic. I never saw the specials. I'm really sad about that. All right. But, uh, they didn't hang around as long. All um, right. Okay. But madness, brilliant. I mean, you just left absolutely buzzing. Everybody was dancing. Your accountants, your you know, flower salesmen, <laughs> mice torturers. They were all there together. And steel workers. <laughs> steel workers. <laughs> what was that? It was always fantastic. I saw them at Glastonbury. I saw them in London a couple of times. And they were brilliant, just fantastic, totally upbeat. Yeah. I mean, absolutely, yeah. the absolute opposite of, of what we've been here. talking about. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. But it, that feeling, that feeling that it gives me, um, just excited to be alive. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It reminds me of being a teenager and 
that's they were what made me want to be in a band like right. watching them all goofing around that's what I suppose I wanted to get on the stage and have a go at that myself before I'd really started writing songs I'm talking about that like, every teenager just oh, tennis racket or whatever I don't know if tennis racket <laughs> you didn't have one I couldn't get older one it was Wales for God's sake rugby ball I had to oh, play right, okay. rugby ball in the middle it was, it was a humiliating time I just remember trying to get the right clothes because I'd buy the records and I lived in the middle of nowhere I'm sure people in Ireland can relate to this and you, you know, they just weren't available. The clothes that Madness were wearing on their sleeve or the specials, you couldn't get them in Halford West local market. And I'd have to sort of compromise and go for a, a, a version of things. I'd end up looking a complete idiot. You'd come down to London and people go, what are you into? What are you supposed to look? They go, Madness, Madness. You know, you look like a bag of sausages or something. You know, you've got some ridiculous garment. Oh, Jesus, it's embarrassing. Fantastic. But it was very joyful music. But there was also that sense of dancing on the Titanic. There were bad times for a lot of people and you still went out and partied. Yeah. You know, if you listen to some of the lyrics, That's true. it's still like, I'm, I'm doing this on Friday and Saturday because the rest of the week I'm so pissed off or oppressed. And it's it's just like, Terry Hall. Party. Terry Hall just seems to... Half of his songs seem to be like he's sitting at the edge of the dance floor, pissed out of his head, watching everyone's puking and beating each other up. He comes back to that so many times. And that's his, that's his big thing. I think um, he was just great. His delivery was brilliant. All right. The, the, All right. the last verse of that um, Friday night, Saturday morning is fantastic. I think it's, uh, what is it? <laughs> Something about eating pies because they're nice or whatever. Because I mean, he's, he's leaving the party or whatever. So I was in, stand in the, the taxi queue, put my foot in someone's spew. Wish I had lipstick on my shirt instead of piss stains on my shoes. <laughs> Fantastic, that got in the charts. I mean, for Christ's sake, hats off to them. Nobody could hear the words. I think people were just dancing to it and they missed it. They go, did he say that? <laughs> All right, so how does that lead us into your uh, acoustic album, your Lost Songs, your new collection? I mean, tell me what, tell me what these are. I mean, I saw, one, I saw you talk about Flame Turns Blue. Which you say again is, is 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 about it has no clear narrative. It's about an emotion and it's about a yearning for something. And wasn't it it in part inspired by going back to Wales and realizing you no longer either fit or belong or you've lost touch? Well, that I think when I said that actually that I was trying to find a way of find um, saying what the song was about. Okay. I didn't feel very satisfied with that as an explanation. Okay. Because what you've you know the what you just sort of touched upon that. Um, it's, it's more just a sort of emotion, I don't know, moving through life and then looking over your shoulder and realising all that's actually gone. Um, it's not there anymore, although you tend to think of the past as sort of like a concrete thing you carry with you and it's always there to go back to, but you sometimes realise that it's not, it's gone. Things have changed, people have changed, the whole situation's changed. Right. All you've got is, is now. Okay. I don't know. Well, what's the sense when you did go back to Wales for a visit or something and you realised... Well, I don't know, Tom Wolf or whoever said you can never go home again. Was it that sense, or was it nothing that specific? Um, the, yeah, um, that, what, it, what I realised was that there were people in, that I grew up with that, and that was Wales for me. I was a part of something with the people who were there who went through it all with me. And when they all left, um, most of them have left, or some of them changed, got married, and sort of had to sort of knuckle down, basically, rather than being daft. I've managed to keep my daftness going, but for most people, they've had to actually get real. Your uh, madness going. Your uh, madness. My madness. <laughs> you you realise that's what it was. That was your sense of belonging, and that's what made the place feel like home. So when, when that isn't there anymore, and you've moved on, and you're this flashy, trendy git coming down, 
from London or whatever with all your fancy ideas, you do feel a bit of an outsider. All right. It's not like you can go up to the local farmer and go, all right, mate. All know, right. You know, well, it's, like the, it's like the reverse of what you just described. You're going back with the right clothes and the fancy clothes and suddenly you're like the outcast you felt when you came to London yeah. with the mad mix of kind of madness clothes. Yeah. It's, it's got, it, you've gone on a reverse journey. But at least you write a song about it. You get to write a song out of it. So could you play a bit of that for us? Could you sing a bit of this for us? Oh, I'll have to tune that. That's all right. Solo that too, isn't there? I mean, it's very impassioned. Yeah, I missed the band on that one, I have to admit. I love playing that with the band. Alright, but on the new album, you've brought it back too. It, has, it has got the old album, yeah, the band yeah, on that yeah. one. So, but the concept behind the album itself, acoustic well, lost songs? Um, lost songs, 95 to 98. Yeah. It's a sort of an archive, really, for fans uh, of stuff that fell between. Cell, Cell, Cell and White Ladder that I couldn't see um, getting used in the future so I wanted to make sure it didn't go to waste. Um, so we had a week or so last year which was free and we went into the studio and basically just recorded it live. Me and the guitar or the band on a couple of the songs so it was a very simple, unproduced, stark exercise really of just enjoying playing a few things and getting it down on tape. So yeah, the basic idea is it's an archive of stuff right. that was going to get full by the wayside that I wanted to make sure it all seemed to hang together nicely. So. It's not a reaction in any way against White Ladder, the mix, no, or I mean, any of that? We're dying to get back and make oh. the, the follow-up to that. We just haven't had a chance. We've been too busy working that record. And so you don't see this as a follow-up? You want to kind of... Yeah, it's, no, I don't. It's just, it's kind of middle area, kind of... It's not, but it's not a stopgap album. It's not like something... No, I think it's really good. I'm right. really pleased with it. Uh, don't get me wrong, but I think due to the phenomenal success of White Ladder yeah. and obviously the the sort of commercial sound that it obviously has, and we didn't weren't really sure when we made it, but yeah. <laughs> um, I, it, you know, there's a lot more of that um, to come. And but this record obviously has no singles. Everything's like five minutes long, and lots of stuff is just me and the guitar. It's not exactly gonna be top of the pops material so right. we're just making sure that everyone understands that I think uh, that's that's my brief to everyone well especially a lot of people who do believe that White Ladder was the first who came on board at that point yeah, and they yeah, haven't followed yeah. the line backwards yeah you know be, even beyond 1995 yeah. yeah I mean that's, yeah we just I wanted to make a record like this like a few years ago um, and again, it never happened. We were always trying to make something that we gave it gives a chance at radio, and you sort of those acoustic songs would appear on records. But generally, you're trying to add a band or some kind of orchestration that makes it more uh, mainstream. I suppose right. it gives you more of a chance, like radio um, friendly. But this time, we didn't have because it was my own record company. We had the team of people. It was as easy as just going in and doing it. 
it was great just to be able to do exactly what I wanted kind of thing and make a very stark acoustic record. With nobody dictating terms. Yeah. The same applies to White Ladder, didn't it? Yeah. Nobody no, dictated terms there. That was, that was independent. You went it's that refreshing. It's just it's good fun that way. Well, after you've been through, that's why I don't want to go back over the whole history, but you had been through kind of turmoil in the recording industry and you were, very, you were left despairing at one point, before White Ladder. Yeah. Before you, just, before you went for this. I could, and could never have anticipated how popular it would be. I, I cut my teeth on the, <laughs> the music industry over several years. Okay. Um, I mean, it was all, it's all good. It's, uh, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Okay. And, uh, you know, it was an apprenticeship in every way, learning how to record, learning what the hell it was all about, the, right. the industry itself. I had no idea. There were just all, suddenly all these people, you know, hey, Dave, nice to meet you. Um, so, yeah, I don't look back with any... Um, sort of regrets or anything. All right, okay. So you became a steel worker in the music industry anyway. Okay, do you want to play one more song from the album or do you want to play the CD? What do you, is, there a tra is, is there a kind of uh, an up track that you think we could actually wrap the show on? A clean pair of eyes. Then, yeah? Which is on there. Yeah, w w and we play it. Yeah. So you talk me into it. Yeah, okay. Do you, do you want it? Do you want it? What, can you, you could even talk it into it. Maybe yeah, could you, if you do a kind of acoustic lead into it and you're singing, and then we bring that down and bring up the CD. Alright, let me tune in. Okay. Good. Yeah. Good. This is good. We're doing good time. Isn't it good fun? It's great. And could I have a glass of water or a cup of water or any kind of stuff? Yeah, I'll do. I do. Well, I'm going to sound even more dry than I do now. I sound like Dylan. I didn't talk about the freight trains and the shades of tangled up in blue and that. I heard Dylan there. That was a great song. So you can just you can give us a kind of history of this one, you know, the way and just talk us into it as if it was a live game. As soon as that thing goes. <laughs> Are you rolling? Yeah. Okay, yeah, clean pair of eyes. This song um, was written after Lizard. Um, which the festival that I did down there and cleaning myself went down there expecting it to be this horrible sort of hippy dippy rubbish <laughs> and actually found it to be a haven of fine wine <laughs> and excellent hospitality which we took full advantage of. Clune incidentally is your co-writer. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we had a marvellous <laughs> time and from there <clears throat> headed off we came I came up with the basic sort of chords I think there and we headed off to New York where uh, we did some gigs and um, I started writing this song properly and decided to go back to Lissard, um to finish it off. It was something I'd never done. I'd never gone to a place particularly to write music, but I thought I'd had such a fantastic time and it'd all been such a good buzz. I thought, well, let's go back. There's a grand piano there and I'll just sit in peace and write fantastic songs. But it wasn't quite to be. <laughs> the wine was too good. I, well, yeah, I got, I got there and... There was this sort of tapping, tapping noise in the next room. I was like, who is that? Nick Cave walked out, who was staying there virtually on a permanent basis. I was like, so he's in the next room. I'm supposed to be sitting here writing a song. It's like, this isn't going to happen. So we ended up going down to Baltimore and getting completely hammered. And a hilarious night ensued, or whatever it's called. I think it's called Baltimore, right by Shirkin Island. Um, anyway... Yeah, so, well, but anyway, I did eventually get this written through several hangovers, and um, it's sort of... And there's not a glass of wine inside. Very good.
Today I need no commentary, I have no need to speak, but if I leave it there we have a silent ending to the show. So I'll take you back to you, you apparently told uh, your friends when you were a kid that you would make it as a singer-songwriter, or a star, you know, whatever. The yeah. journey, looking yeah. back, was the, was the journey worth it? With the trials and the tribulations of the oh, yeah. not sitting here today, I wouldn't with the growing success. I wouldn't change a thing, I mean, it's a, it's a cliche, but I've, lo I've loved all of it. It was just a learning experience, Jesus, I was green, I didn't know what the hell was going on. You know, it's taken me, it took me five or six years to, to get my head around it. So, um, no, it, it's been brilliant, the whole thing. And things are really breaking now, aren't they? Like, uh, you know, in, in Britain, Yeah. Um, hopefully America, and obviously in Ireland. I think there is, there's just a momentum to it. It's as if everyone's deciding the time is, the time is right for this record, or for a, a, a male voice, maybe a new male voice, that sings out, uh, as opposed to sort of mumbles or whatever, like, there's there's not been that many of them recently. You've got your old school, your John Martin, your Van Morrison, your Dylan, but they're getting kind of old and tired. Okay. And so maybe that's just something in the air. I, I don't know. It's weird from being completely out of vogue. Uh, I seem to be swinging right into the mainstream. It is incredibly quickly, really. I mean, the record was released in Ireland in 98 and at the end of 98. And here we are sort of a bit into the year 2000 and... Christ, the whole story couldn't look more different. There's a new company here, East West. There's a company in America, and they're going. They're all guns blazing. I mean, they sense, they smell blood or whatever. They can tell this thing is starting to happen, and you know the playlistings coming in and the reviews are coming in. It's all super positive, so it's all rather unusual. <laughs> but um, uh, it, brilliant. You know what can I say? All right, well, you will be singing. This will be going out. We can just, I can just, we can tighten up the sentence. You will be singing soon after the show goes out. You'll be singing at the, uh, the Witness Festival. So obviously, again, I know it does sound like a cliche, but going back to Ireland and playing to that audience and those fans again, clearly must reconnect you with what's great about it all and oh, what's pure about it. It's fantastic. The Point gig at Christmas was just fantastic. It was uh, the crowd, really. I mean, and we rose to the whole thing. There was... Uh, such a warm feeling about it all and I don't think there'll ever be a, anywhere like Ireland um, as far as the crowd goes they started it all and they know they did and um, <laughs> it, I can't wait to play the witness thing I didn't realise it was so big I thought it was like 20,000 people or something but apparently there, there's going to be a lot of people there so um, I try not to dwell on that but okay. I, I'm just really looking forward to it I mean I hope it's a beautiful summer's night and the sun's going down and we step to the stage, that's always been a sort of fantasy to be able to do that kind of thing, and here we are. So, and sing moon dance, <laughs> <laughs> David. Great, yes, yeah. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you, <laughs> that was great. <laughs> They'll expect you to sing moon dance now. <laughs> Hi, Joe Jackson here again. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Joe Jackson Interviews podcast. More can be heard, as I said, 
at joejacksoninterviewer.com.